Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily F- Daily Live, not five, live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I am here with the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, hanging in there, man. You know, if you remember uh, last time we recorded, I was uh, having some issues. Uh, those seem to have cleared up. Uh, had a decent uh, holiday weekend. Put on a uh, nice fireworks show for my community. Everyone seemed to enjoy. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, trying to enjoy some time off before heading back to work. What you got there? You got the old slurber dirt? Slurpy. Yeah. yeah. After me and the boy go to the cage or the uh, the field, and I either pitch to him or hit to him, we stop and get a slurpy on the way home. So, yeah, so uh, <clears throat> we went out to uh, went out to the cage, and I threw to him for a while and had him hit off the tee and uh, use his Ellie De La Cruz uh, blast motion sensor to uh, capture some swings and stuff. And, uh, yeah, took some batting practice in the, uh, in the cage. I had him throw to me a little bit. Sounds like fun. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, baseball season just ended our – Last tournament was last weekend, and uh, <clears throat> we won our last game. And uh, then, well, we won a game, and then uh, the final day of the tournament got rained out because oh, no. of the uh, the rain over the weekend. So, unfortunately, the uh, end of the tournament got uh, you know got canceled. So that was a bummer. But um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, They've won a game. Uh, I think if I'm remembering correctly. I think they've won a game since the White Sox have won. It's probably right. <laughs> What's up, Grimtall? How you doing? Ah, oh, good evening, Grimtall. How are you, man? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're uh, hoping that the White Sox can avoid a sweep here tonight from the Blue Jays. Um, they finally managed to score runs, uh, so that was nice. I mean, they waited until extras to uh, score in the last game, and uh, now uh, they're looking like they're trying to uh, give up this lead here, um, up three to two in the uh, top of the fourth. We'll see how this uh, how this goes. I'm not uh, entirely hopeful. How are you feeling about this? You thinking we're uh, we're getting swept here? You know, if the, the last week or so of baseball here is any indication, I'm going to go with yeah. You know, you and I talked a little bit uh, just before we started the stream here, and uh, I was saying, you know, as you said, the easy part of the schedule. But you know, there was a uh, there was you know starting with the with the Oakland series, there was a, a, a nine game stretch where you know a lot of folks thought they should win you know at least six of the next nine, yeah, and uh, it's not looking like uh, they're going to win four or th- maybe even three yeah. of that nine. So <laughs> yeah, I mean they are yeah. pretty terrible, uh, you know which has really got the uh, the deadline uh, rumors and, you know, the uh, armchair GMs kind of 
spinning their wheels and uh, trying to figure out what would be the best move for the White Sox. But yeah, man, watching this right now, especially after the first game where we've got a total of three hits in, in 10 innings of baseball <laughs> uh, between both teams. And then, you know, the Sox just get Aaron bummered with mm. the dinks and dunks and the, you know, the three or four infield hits it was there. I mean, that guy gives up so much soft contact. It's ridiculous. And it just seems to find a way through every time in a spot where you can't make a play. Even if it doesn't get out of the infield, it's just a, a little roller that's so slow that, you know, a Jake Berger can't make a throw or, you know, Zach Gremlar or whoever is in the field can't even charge to uh, to get a play. And it, it was just typical bummer inning, you know? So Yeah, it was a bummer. <laughs> it really was. It's difficult to uh, think that this this team was, uh, you know, thought to be the best in the <sighs> AL Central at some point in the last couple of years, because it, it, it's basically the same team. Some people thought they might have even improved a little this year, and here we are sitting at fourteen under, and uh, you know, looking <laughs> at fifteen under five hundred right now. So. Yeah, I mean, good stuff, it's man. Just insane, man. <laughs> Pusher says, "Hey guys, uh, what happened to the Sox this year?" Uh, I mean, where do we start? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, your guess is as good as mine as the how they straighten it out or fix it because yeah. you know, like I said, on paper, it looks like they got way too much talent to be you know fourteen games under five hundred. So yeah, I mean, on paper, it looks like they shouldn't be anywhere near five hundred. Um. Yeah. But uh, as Grimtall pointed out to me via text earlier, he said the worst player on the Dodgers is having a better season than T.A. So, um, you know, as T.A. goes, so do the White Sox. So I keep hearing. So as T.A. is not going, (laughs) neither are the White Sox, apparently. Um, They sure aren't. Yeah. So uh, on on the good news front... Because uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, good stuff to really talk about with the actual uh, parent club of the, you know, of the organization, the White Sox. But uh, Luis Robert named to the All Star team, and uh, he will be in the home run derby. Uh, Twenty five home runs, forty nine RBIs before today. Uh, so I think he's got fifty. He got one earlier, right? Yeah, he had that. Uh, I think he's still at. I thought he was at forty eight. He's at forty nine now. Or no, maybe he's at forty nine after that. Uh, I thought it was. Inning. I thought it was forty nine before that, but uh, yeah, whatever. You could be right. Yeah, it doesn't matter one way or the other. He's still he's at a one forty eight WRC plus. So, um, you know, if you're looking for something positive out of the White Sox, um, you can look at Luis Robert. Um, and you know, I I know that this is not a. Uh, you know, this is not exactly something that uh, White Sox fans want to hear, but uh, you can also look at Zach Remillard. Um He's been playing really well, you know, for, uh, you know, something, somebody that uh, when he was brought up, you know, I knew what the White Sox were getting uh, to a point. I mean, obviously I hadn't seen him in the major leagues yet. So I didn't 100% know how it would translate. But I knew that he was a player that did all the little things, and he's a team player. And uh, he's showing exactly that, you know. Um, He's not going to go out and hit, you know, 30 home runs. 
But uh, that's okay. You know, he goes out and he has professional at bats, and he does uh, he does little things well. So that's nice. Yeah, uh, who would have thought? I mean, you know, like you said, watching him kind of grow and develop in the minors, and I mean, the guy just at every level kind of does the same thing. Every time he moves up a, a level, he just he's a gamer. Yep. And, uh, you know, he continued to do what Zach Remillard does when he got called up to the MLB club. So good on him. Uh, you know, we uh, we kind of make it a little tongue in cheek thing about him being my uh, cat player on uh, MLB. The show is his first uh, close personal friend. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've just always been a fan of uh, Zaggy Flat and uh, really just happy to see him get a chance to uh, show out and. You know, whether or not he's part of this White Sox team and organization for uh, an extended period of time, I think he's kind of shown enough to uh, make himself a a regular uh, at the MLB level, you know, even if it's with a different organization here in the next, you know, coming, the coming times. I could see, you know, like the thing is, is that he is, um, he's a good utility player. You know, and he is exactly the kind of guy that you want to have as a utility player. I mean, the one thing I would say that, you know, uh, me and uh, Grimtall were talking about uh, the TA thing beforehand. Um, Chris Taylor, um, you know, he is like pretty much the prototypical guy. You know, you can you can slot him in anywhere. The thing that he has over like, uh, say, a, a Zach Remillard is that he's got more power. And that's the one thing that I would say that I I would wish that uh, Zach Remillard had was a little bit more power. But, you know, like I said, he does all the little things and he does them all very well. So, um, you know, of course, he doesn't get on here, but, uh, you know, (laughs) whatever. Um, And as Grimtall mentions, uh, he's got that baseball face. He does have a baseball face. He does. He does. Got to get a picture of his girlfriend over here so we can, uh, you know, make sure that we give uh, Zach the full scouting report. Yeah, I don't. Uh, we're going to go uh, full money ball on him. And uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm guessing with uh, the way he jumps from level to level and, and continues to produce every time he jumps, uh, he's got that confidence. So I'm, I'm guessing hot girlfriend. <laughs> Entirely possible. Uh, World ball. Series champion, uh, college World Series champion. Uh, Zach Remillard with the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, there are some positive things. Eloy's looked halfway decent, you know. Um, not exactly, uh, you know, the power hasn't been ridiculous. I mean, we did see a, a home run earlier, but. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a wall scraper, but he went oppo off the end of the bat and uh, gave the Sox a, a three to one lead. Yeah, so. you take that. So yeah, but he definitely looks a little more confident in the box lately, uh, swinging it pretty well, extending some at bats, which you know you always like to see guys do. You know, I don't. This Sox team has has had a tendency all season long to you know do these three and four pitch at bats where, you know, they look at the one right down Main Street, the one that they should have been swinging at, and then they go hacking at some garbage that's outside the zone, and uh, before you know it, they're. Uh, they're sitting down. They're uh, they're back over there getting splinters because uh, you know they can't stay off the bench long enough to uh, not get those splinters. So tough watch for a lot of these guys. But you know, 
And like you said, you know, going back to the to the Lewis Robert thing, you know, we really have seen an outburst from him lately. He has been the one lone, you know, bright spot, but man, is he a lot of fun to watch here the last few weeks. I mean, that guy has just got some really raw power, and when he sees the ball well, it goes hit ball hard, see ball go far. Mm. You know, he's just it's been awesome. And uh, you know, I'd like to really enjoy watching him in the uh, home run derby. I'd like to see him, you know, at least go far, give us something exciting to talk about. But uh, it was mentioned in our uh, little White Sox daily chat, our little side chat between us. And I think it was Logan, uh, our very own Logan Hart, who uh, brought up the fact that, uh, you know, he might go out there and screw up his entire swing for the second half, trying to uh, hit bombs at the, uh, the all-star game. But, you know, at this point, I don't really care. Honestly, I don't care because he's only going to be padding stats for himself. It's not like this team's going to, you know, win anything or go. Yeah, I mean, but uh, my my main point is, is that I would like to see him play for an entire year and produce for an entire season. That's that's my that's my main issue with that is that if it's being facetious. No, yeah, I know. I know. But if, you know, there is, you know, we've seen it. Many times where somebody goes out and does the home run derby, and then after that they, you know, they f- go into a downward spiral for the rest of the season and can't hit, you know, and their average right. just drops, you know, below two hundred, you know, for like the the second half of the season, and that's like obviously that's something that the White Sox. I mean, I, I don't think the fan base could endure something like that. I mean, that would just be brutal <laughs> to to watch yeah, well, you know i mean it's already terrible Grimtall brings up in the chat that you know uh, he makes a really good point in 2002 canerco on the home run derby screwed up 2003 canerco's entire season so you know uh, again i was being mostly facetious in that sense of uh you know i don't really want to see him screw up his swing but it is entirely possible that it happens. But at the sure same is. time, I do want to see him uh, find some success in that home run derby. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is be like the guy who's one and done first round out with the lowest total. You know, he yeah. goes up there and he hits like four in the first round. They get yeah. smoked by like 15, you know, dingers. So, you know, at least I hope that he puts up a, a decent showing and doesn't embarrass himself out there. How's that? That better? Yeah, that's I, I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, I'm just hoping that he doesn't uh, do one of those, uh, you know, like 70 home runs in, you know, an hour type deals and then comes back and, you know, his body's just completely fatigued and he can't hit for the next two months. You yeah, know, he's roasted. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's that's what I'm hoping that we can avoid here because we've we've realistically got like if on offense we've got very few things to be happy about so you know like at least let us enjoy that a little bit you know yeah they're already pretty close to completely unwatchable so let's not take (laughs) exactly (laughs) so brutal man uh yeah um so uh one of the things that i wanted to talk about is, you know, just something that is just, uh, you know, a, a constant so far this season. 
And you know, like I, you know, I don't want to spend too long on this, um, just because we've talked about it so many times. But uh, before today, Tim Anderson's last ten games, seven for forty-two with six singles and a triple, fourteen strikeouts against two walks, and a five WRC plus. It's a thirty-three percent strikeout rate, by the way. And I'm actually t- TBH. I'm actually shocked that it's that low because <laughs> well, that's true. Every time, I mean, like I feel like every time I've been watching him in the last week, he strikes out. You know, I like that game in Oakland where he struck out four times, and at the end of the game, and when he struck out, and I think the the ninth or whatever, he threw his bat. You know, it's just I don't. You know, obviously, the guy is in like a. You know, at least, you know, he, he's looked better the last couple of days. I will say, you know, he did have like a couple of multi-hit games in a row. So there is that. But, uh, you know, like just the mental space that he looked like he was in, you know, didn't look like it was conducive to him being, uh, you know, productive in any shape or manner. Right. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I have to agree, but. I'm kind of hoping that this this little bit of uh, a turnaround that we're seeing the last few days here for him is uh, the igniter that you know he needs to kind of get back on a roll and get back on track. Maybe his health is finally starting to come around a little bit. Uh, I know. I think it. I, I think it was you. I saw a post uh, one of his most recent little quotes about him uh, taking a break, and I'm, I'm guessing that was from the socials. And now he's back. Oh, I didn't post that, but his Instagram thing where he said he had to. He had to, uh, he had to like, take a step back to see who was still riding with him or yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, okay, dude, Something whatever, along those man. lines. I, I really don't get it. You know, I don't know. Like, we're talking about a guy who doesn't really respond to anything on Instagram or Twitter, you know, per se. He throws out a cryptic, you know, something or other out there on his socials and he doesn't really respond to any of it. And I don't understand what that means. Like I had to see who's with me and who's not type of thing. Uh, okay, dude, I I don't know what you're getting at, but whatever you do, what you got to do to, uh, keep your head in the game. Cause like you said, lately things seem to be looking at least a little bit better. And if we get, uh, if we get, you know, 2019, 2020, Timmy in the second half, maybe we'll get a little bit more excitement out of this team. Grim tall brings up a good point, And this is something I had, I had thought about as well. And he says, he wonders if his teammates are down on him too, could have been some passive aggressive BS aimed at his teammates. And, you know, I had thought about that as well because, um, you know, at a certain point, you would think that, uh, you know, everybody just gets tired of the guy who says all the right things but never produces. And that's literally been him for a year and a half now. Right. You know? So. Yeah. Well, actually, it's could a year, very I well guess, be. But, I yeah. mean, you know, in, in front of the camera, these guys say all the right things. Of course. You know, when it comes to uh, their teammates and whatnot. But you kind of got to wonder what the feelings in the clubhouse are. <coughs> they all say the right things, especially guys like Giolito when he says he doesn't want to be traded. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine that he doesn't want to be traded. He's got to know that he's probably not going to get the payday he's seeking here. So, you know, of course he's going to come out and say that, but uh, it's very difficult for any White Sox fan with half an education to uh, believe that BS, honestly. Uh, you know, I don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. We can make assumptions and, and take some guesses at that stuff. Uh, I think we'd probably be at least a little bit, you know, close on some of those assumptions. But uh, again, you know, you can't be 100% sure. But it, it's difficult to imagine Clubhouse that is, uh, you know, all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. 100%. When you're, uh, you know, 14 games under 500. You know, it, it just it is what it is. Guys aren't producing. Yep. Pretty awful, man. Uh, like I don't even know at this at this point. Like uh, you know, like you said, uh, at this point, I don't even know. There's, uh, you know, I know that they're not super far off in the standings, and you know, we've we've all heard, you know, oh well, they're only a few, you know five and a half, like you know, five games back. Now. now they are, yeah. But you know, before we were all hearing, oh, they're only five back of first place in the division. Okay, yeah, that's true, but the division leaders won game under 500. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's just uh, absolutely brutal. Um, whatever, man. But what are you, you going to do? You know, uh, like, uh, so one thing that, uh, you know, another thing that I wanted to, to bring up is, you know, you, you had also brought it up, and, uh, oh, Grimtall redeems hat off, hats off to you. Redeem them churros. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hold oh, on. Oh, and here you are with the brand new. Yeah. See, I I, I bring out the the new hyphens hat, and I and I get a hats off for like the first time in a few weeks. All right. All let's right. see what I get. Let's see what do we got over here? Bring out one I haven't worn in a while. Oh, you know what? Let's go with the the old classic. Bust out the old. The favorite of everyone here. I know everybody loves three uni, so go ahead and throw that guy on. It's uh still fourth of July week. It's red, white, and blue. It's very patriotic, so we'll hit you with that one. Let's see what Ian's got working over here. He's off screen. I can see him. There's 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 movement and motion. Hey, there you go. Here's a This is for Grimtall specifically. Yeah, use up them churros, man. You got them churros. And I got lots of hats. So uh, I brought out the uh Teresa Earnhardt gonna sue you. Yeah, probably. Probably. But you know? Yeah. Gotta bring it out every once in a while, even though it is a little bit misshapen. I gotta fix that. That's annoying. But uh yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to bring up here, and Grimtall's also brought it up, says Geo's a Dodger then this time next month. Um, Rick Hahn made his uh, you know homestand presser, and um, you know, of course he said you know that they're still in it, blah blah blah. But to everybody, you know, that's actually. Read, you know, trying to read behind the lines and not actually listening to what he's saying. Um, it pretty much sounds to me like he's ready to sell everything off. 
And by everything, I don't know exactly what I mean by selling everything off. But um, you have to imagine, you know, obviously Gio is a an expiring contract and he's gone um, almost 100% he's going to end up elsewhere. You know, and uh, I, I don't see any scenario where he comes back here because I don't see the White Sox ponying up the money. And I don't see him wanting to come back here, despite the fact that, you know, he may love Chicago. And I know that he loves the fans, but, you know, the the problem being is that the fans don't write, you know, don't come up with the contracts, you know. And I mean, and, you know, this has always been true for the for the White Sox that, you know, they are a fan base that when the team's bad— they don't come out. And it's literally always been this way. And, you know, everybody acts shocked when it happens. But that's, you know, that's the way it's always been, you know? So, um, I don't know. I, I just don't, I, I don't see him coming back. I don't either. And, you know, I'm of the, uh, I'm of the thought of if he's not going to be back, you might as well get something for him while he's still here. You know, whether it's, you know, anything of uh, real value or not, it's something in, in, you know, as opposed to letting him just walk at the end of his uh, contract here at the end of the season. There's no point in holding on to him when you're, you know, we're now, you know, getting coming up into the middle of June here or I'm sorry, middle of July. And uh, you're sitting, like we said, 14 games under 500. They're on the verge of. uh possibly going 15 games under 500. We're tied here in the bottom of the fifth. And the Sox are threatening with Tim Anderson up at the plate. Runners and first and third with nobody out. Sebi. Hey, even if he grounds into a double play, at least if it's to the right side, a run probably still scores. Right. But uh, that said, he'll probably pull it right to the shortstop. (laughs) You know, who will look the guy at third back and then manage to double him off somehow. Absolutely, TA will be pissed at himself and he won't run to first base and he'll get tumbled <laughs> off. Um, but uh, yeah, I just don't see I just don't see any reason at this point to keep Luke around. Uh, I would love for uh, Lucas Giolito to be a part of this team for you know uh, some more years if the price were right. Uh, unfortunately, I think he's going to probably want to go into the free agent market. You know, even if the Sox offered him a, a fair contract, he's probably going to feel like he can, you know, just judging by, uh, you know, free agency the last couple of years, he's probably going to feel like he can uh, test those waters and and command a little bit of a payday for himself, even though he hasn't uh, produced up to what we have seen him in the past. So, I yeah, there's just no way. There's just no way I don't see him being part of this organization anymore. Uh, as unfortunate as is, so to be, he's probably the most realistic piece to be sold off. He should be number one. Yeah, on the list. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, so another guy that I had on the list of uh, guys that possibly could be on the move, um, and especially seeing has he has uh made a resurgence of sorts uh in the last few weeks is Lance Lynn. Yeah. He has an option for next year. 
and he is a known innings eater. And yes, um, you know, obviously started off a little rough this year, and you know, it took him a while to to finally get going. But uh, he looks like he's, um, you know, at least rolling, you know, to a to a certain point. You know, I mean, granted, this uh, I don't I don't know what the Blue Jays are doing right now. Because the fact that the you know that they have been struggling this badly against the White Sox uh, is actually kind of shot. I mean, you know, struggling to a point. Because even if they're struggling to score runs, they're still winning because the White Sox offense is terrible. But um, you know, like they've been struggling to score runs, um, and uh, you know, but uh, Lance Lynn looked pretty stinking good. Um, yeah, he one hit him through seven. Yeah, so, I mean. It's, so it's like every what every other start he's gonna like one hit no hit perfect game them you know through multiple innings you know right well Ooh, I called that one didn't I yep sure did rolled over on one got the double play but uh, brought in the runner on third so unreal Sox take the lead two outs in the bottom of the fifth four to three. And he even hit it to the shortstop, and the shortstop didn't even, like, attempt to look Zavala back. Nope, sure didn't. I mean, I'm not saying I'm just saying. (laughs) I would have looked him back and just gotten the out at second and been confident enough that the White Sox still wouldn't score a run. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know what? You might be right. I mean, granted, you probably are right to be honest with you. Granted, you, you are Luis Roberts. Robert. Yeah. So, I mean, there right. is that, but I mean, <laughs> he's literally, I mean, you could intentionally walk him, you know, and, and right. As like the bases. Out, uh, Timmy does not get credit for the RBI because no. it was, in fact, a double play. Yeah. So, so terrible. Can't, get, can't make two outs in a bat and score an RBI, unfortunately for Tim. So yeah, but yeah, getting back to the uh, Lance Lynn thing, man. Uh, there was speculation a couple weeks ago about uh, when Bob Nightingale came out and uh, made the statements about uh, a handful of veteran players wanting to be traded and not wanting to be part of the White Sox organization anymore. Uh, and part of that speculation was that Lance Lynn might have been one of those guys. And I got to tell you, man, since that came out is when we started seeing Lance Lynn get back on track. And then, of course, tonight, as we really creep up on the deadline here over the next, what is a couple of weeks, uh, you know, he was pitching like he had his bags packed already tonight. You know, he looked like he could not get back into the clubhouse and uh, get on a plane somewhere else faster. Yeah. It just could not happen fast enough for him. So I don't know, man. There's a, uh, Again, just speculation, but uh, it would not shock me if he was one of those guys. Yeah. So you have uh, roughly about twenty, what twenty five days until the until the trade deadline. Um, Sounds about right. You have uh, Liam Hendricks and Mike Clevenger, and now Joe Kelly, uh, all on the injured list. Um, but those are you know. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, those are the kind of guys that can actually be moved. So, um, I would, I, you know, I judge, you know, like seeing how this team is, is going, you know, um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if every single one of those guys was gone. Uh, I wouldn't either. You know, obviously, pending physicals and all that stuff after, you know, like you just mentioned, that they're all kind of on the IL. They've been shelved for a little bit. Liam came back for a couple weeks and went right back uh, on the shelf. Uh, And I don't know. Let me ask you this, because I haven't looked recently, but I think it was just it's got to be less than a week ago now. I was looking and uh it seemed like there was still no timetable timetable for Liam's return. Is that right? I haven't I have not heard anything about him uh about him coming back. Um he's got uh he's got a club option for uh for next year for fifteen million. Uh Lance Lynn's got a club option for next year for eighteen million. Um Joe Kelly has an option, uh club option next year for nine point five. So, you know, you get rid of, you know, Lance Lynn, Liam Hendricks, and Joe Kelly right there. You know, that's already, what, 33, that's $42 million off the uh, the base salary of next year. So they're down to about 130, uh, what is it, 100 and, like 107 million or something like that. Hundred something sounds about right. Something somewhere uh, hundred and seventeen million, I think, in, in, in that, that area. We'll yeah. go with that. Oh, tie ball game already. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good night, man. I mean, I don't know. You know, you Shaw didn't exactly look awesome when he came in for Bummer in the last game, and uh, it's only been what about an hour, hour and a half since he pitched last hour and a half, two hours, maybe since he pitched last. And uh, here he is up and at it again, giving up dingers, you know, lead off. Yeah. It's been an uh, hour and a half since he pitched last and it's been two years since he pitched well. So, (laughs) so yeah. I, I tell you, man, tough, tough, tough. It's, it's, it's really tough sledding watching these guys. Really, really is. But uh, you know, anywho, yeah, we want to beat that horse to death. We, I feel like we do that regularly. But what else do we have to talk about? Well, I mean, uh, who is there? Is there anybody else that you're, uh, uh, you know, like you put? I, I would imagine that you would be willing to trade TA. There's not really a whole lot holding you back. Plus, he's got a, uh, you know, assuming that he has a bounce back year next year, which you know, if he went anywhere else, he'd probably be halfway decent. Um, I just you know, with how, you know, the clubhouse has got to be just like a mausoleum, you know? Um, yeah. And he's an, he's an energy guy. So you got to think that he's feeding off of the energy around him. Uh, you know, when things are going well, I'm sure he amps up that energy, that good feeling. He's that, that spark, that igniter they talk about, but when things are down, I'm sure he's kind of the guy that's going to help drag that energy down a little bit too. You know, he's just one of those. He's a catalyst, I guess. You know, like you say, when the socks are going good, he's going good. When the socks are when he's going bad, the socks are going bad. Uh, you know, it just makes me feel like that it's not just him and his play on the field, but it's his energy as well. And I think uh I think, yeah, maybe if he gets into a place where it's a little bit more of a positive outlook, that he could be that spark for someone else and he could get going again. So I definitely would uh take offers i would listen to whatever they they put out there you know obviously you hope that uh, you can get the best return for them but uh the way this season's going right now you might not 
we're not talking about trading high and and you know selling high and and getting high return this is you know over the last four seasons this is the low point for tim so the return's probably going to be a little bit lower than what it would have been if we had traded him say last year's deadline yeah a hundred percent. Like you're literally looking at like a hundred, hundred and fifty percent less than than you would have gotten last year. You're gonna get like so you're gonna have to pay them to take him at this point, and that's even with a, a team friendly option for next year. Not really, but you know what I'm getting at. Right. It's been bad. You know, and you you hope that you get something in return. You hope there's a team out there that sees the potential and the value. Uh you know, and like I said, when you take these offers, you gotta take them. As a GM, you have to listen to everything, right? I mean, there isn't anybody that you're not really listening to. Now, there might be a handful of guys, i.e. Luis Robert, where teams might be making them call on them, and I'm going to listen to what they've got to say, but you're going to have to offer me the keys to the castle. Oh, it's going to have to be something ridiculous. You know, like right. Jackson Holiday, uh, you know, plus like uh, – Gunnar Henderson, <laughs> you know, like two two guys, you know, that are, to get Luis Robert, you know, the guy's got uh, the possibility of like MVP type numbers, and you know, the guy's at twenty five home yeah, runs even, right now. He's looking at uh, forty home, you know, forty plus home runs if he keeps this pace up, uh, and he's hitting like what, like two seventy five, two eighty, you know, yeah, and that's and that's even with like. Uh, you know, extended cold streaks that he's, that he's doing that. Right. But again, you know, when that offer comes in and let's just say you do get the Jackson holiday plus plus, you know, you still got to kind of look at those and go, well, all right, we're looking at prospects who haven't made their way up to the major leagues yet. And, you know, the old saying prospects are suspects. So we don't know if any of these guys are going to produce. We've seen it many times before where a guy is number one on, on the the prospect list. And, yeah, he might be a, a fairly decent ball player, but he's not the superstar that everybody claimed he could be. Now, Jackson Holiday might be the <laughs> exception to that rule. That guy is pretty stinking good. Yeah, I saw. Did you but, happen to happen to catch that uh, mock trade that, that made its way online the other day on Twitter? Uh, about a week ago? Yeah. It's like yeah. uh, Jackson Holiday for uh, Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito, and like I'm sitting here thinking yeah, to myself, I'm like, uh, take yeah, it. absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> take him. This is shortstop of the future, right there. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, somebody better start teaching Colson Montgomery how to play second base. I mean, you have you have those two guys, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, plus Robert, those two guys plus Robert, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh you know, I think uh probably Graveman's probably, you know, going to be available. I think like a bunch of those guys are probably a bunch of those bullpen guys. But I don't know what what he uh what he nets you. I mean, you know, he's a he's a, a, a pretty fairly decent uh, you know, reliable bullpen arm. I mean, granted he's not like a lockdown guy, but he never really has been except for when he was in Seattle in that giant uh, that giant stadium, you know? So I imagine that he'd probably get you something halfway decent, you know? Um, I think Joe Kelly would get you something halfway decent. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, they have, they have things that, uh, that they can, that they can sell off. You know, I just they don't, do. they absolutely do. 
and, and I don't foresee, you know, Rick Hahn being delusional enough to think that this team has any kind of future whatsoever with this, you know, I mean, with the with the very bare core of this team of uh, you know Aloy, Luis Robert, and Vaughn, I guess, you know, um, you know, <laughs> with with you have been attendee for the next couple of years. Yeah, with that so. kind of core, you know, uh, maybe with a little bit more experience for uh, Colas and uh, letting this team kind of marinate a little bit and uh you know matriculate a little bit of talent from the farm up uh with some guys who have some energy and and are rearing to go and some desire to to do things not that these other guys necessarily don't have the desire but i mean i don't see it no i don't either a lot of them went through the uh, the tough times of the uh the rebuild uh you know a lot of them went through the high expectations and are now feeling the lows of uh, not meeting those expectations. I would imagine that maybe it's time, you know, even if these guys go on somewhere else and produce and go, you know, it's going to get, especially White Sox Twitter, but it's going to get White Sox fans in general kind of up in arms like, oh, Jesus, look at him now. He's over, you know, let's say Lucas Giolito is, is a Dodger. And all of a sudden he's pitching his brains out, you know, and then you you get, a, a couple other guys to go and produce somewhere else. And Sox fans, of course, are going to eat that up. Oh, why can't the Sox develop? And why can't we get the talent? But you got to think, like we said, those energy levels in the clubhouse have, you know, these guys have been through a lot and uh, they've had a lot of weight on their shoulders. And maybe just getting away from that might help a handful of them. And uh, like you said, this team probably just needs a little bit of reinvention. I think there's there's just some bad energy and some bad juju. Yep. You know, kind of hanging over the ball club right now. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. It seems like, you know, if they don't you know, retool to a point um you know, I just I don't I don't see how this team ever does anything. Um worthwhile with this with this team i mean just they they don't they genuinely just do not seem to be having fun at all uh and don't seem to be enjoying themselves at all and and when when you have that going on with an entire you know like basically with an entire team no matter what you do it's not going to repair itself to the point where it's actually going to work and be fruitful you know right it's just well, you ugly. Know, I, I hate to do this but i still have to go back i feel like the tony Larusa hire was the kind of straw that broke the camel's back around here i um, mean we had a team the last two seasons you know before pedro took over that was told not to hustle because they were worried about injury a team who wasn't taught winning baseball because they were worried about injuries. Uh, you know, we were given guys days off left and right because of, you know, hangnails and everything else. It was ridiculous. I mean, it, it, you know, the 55 or 58 or so, uh, different lineups 
you know, unique lineups to start, you know, the first 60 games of the season last year. Uh, all of that stuff, just you want to talk about taking the wind out of somebody's sails. That'll do it. And I don't know that these guys can recover. It's going to create a bad attitude, you know, whether or not these guys are showing it on the surface, uh, you know, again, that I hate to keep using the same word, but that energy kind of translates, you know, and it's difficult to get that energy back up. You know, Pedro Grafal had a (laughs) almost insurmountable hill to climb after those kinds of things. And, you know, he's talked about instilling, you know, new work ethic and, and mindset, but, you know, again, we're talking about years and years of, of not playing winning baseball and not being coached to play winning baseball. And it's gotta be a difficult thing to overcome. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I just want to bring this up real quick. Uh, I tweeted this out yesterday and, uh, speaking of, you know, people complaining about, uh, prospects, and whatever, and prospects being suspects. Uh, the White Sox uh, traded and got uh, <laughs> Blake Rutherford uh, several years back, you may remember, from the uh, the Yankees. I believe it was part of the uh, Todd Frazier trade. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm almost positive it was a Todd Frazier uh, trade. But uh, they got Blake Rutherford. Uh, he was here for, uh, or maybe it was Canely? I don't know. I can't remember. But... Uh, uh, it was one of the one of those trades to the Yankees, um, but uh, Blake Rutherford was here. He underachieved for uh, many moons. Um, you know, he wasn't particularly bad. He just wasn't particularly good either. And you know, he was uh, one of the top prospects in the Yankees farm system at the time. And uh, you know, he was supposed to quote unquote develop into some power, and it just never came. And uh, you know the at Charlotte, you know, which has got the uh be- you know, I think the uh the best park factor in the International League Triple A. Um you would think that he would just run into some because it's, you know, known for being a- an offensive park and for producing power numbers. I mean, say, I look at somebody like Victor Reyes. You know, he's got 16 home runs this year. Uh halfway through the season, um dude's hitting 313 with like a 360 BABIP and uh you know that if he comes up and plays for the White Sox, not having, you know, that ridiculous park factor, um, that you're probably looking at, uh, you know, a guy who just like he, when he was with the Tigers, he's probably going to hit 260 with like five home runs and then a bunch of doubles. Because in Charlotte, a guy like that, that normally would hit doubles in Charlotte, some of those doubles are going to be home runs. Right. You know? So, uh, but anywho, uh, here's the uh, the Blake Rutherford stats for this season with the Washington <laughs> Nationals Double uh, A and Triple A uh, clubs. Yeah, ten twenty two OPS, eleven home runs, thirty nine RBIs. I want to say that. Um, He's got like uh he's only got like 14 games or something in AAA and uh he started the season late uh injured I believe. So you know, it's a little bit shorter of a season but uh Yeah, uh 
I don't think anybody saw, you know, 16 ding or whatever it is, however many dingers he's got right now on the sea. I don't think anybody saw that coming. 11. But I mean, even still, you know, 1022 OPS. We were saying it. Yeah. 1022 OPS with 11 dingers and a bunch of them have come, you know, as of late recently and just in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. He's Um, got like five home runs in triple A in 14 games or something. So, yeah. I mean, that that's something that you never saw with the White Sox organization. Never saw a hot streak like that out of him, ever. You know, I mean, you figure in Charlotte that he would at least run into, like, 20 home runs or something like that. He didn't, you know. And uh, a lot of people complain about the, the White Sox developmental, you know, program. Which, you know, okay, fine. Like, I get that. I, I get why you would be... Uh, you know, upset about that. Yeah, he's still only twenty six because he came out. Uh, you know, he came out of uh, came out real young. So, um, but uh, you know, I I just I I at some point, and you know, like we say this with the with the major league team as well. You know, like when everybody blames the manager, everybody blames the GM. Blah blah blah. At some point, the players have to take some blame. For not producing, you know, like you you can blame Pedro, you can blame T.A. or uh, you can T.L.R., you can blame Rick Hahn. T.A. needs to do, you know, he he's, you know, he needs to step up and put up some numbers and he hasn't been. And that's on him. And at this point, you know, he's he's owning it. You know, he's like, I'm not, you know, doing that great, you know, but I'm just working on it, you know, fine. But uh, don't, you know. You can post cryptic, stupid crap on your Instagram all you want about, you know, I had to step back to see who's still with me. Well, guess what? Nobody's with you right now, dude. Okay? You're batting 225, and you've got like a 35% strikeout rate, and you're not hitting. One dinger in the last year. Plus playing bad defense. Literally nobody is with you. So... You know, oh yeah, well I know you're blaming the players, <laughs> Crimtall. That that was never in question. Um No, yeah. and I blame the players too. I'm just saying that when I when I bring up, you know, the Tony LaRussas and, and the coaching staffs and player development and all this stuff, it's it's more of a you know, setting a tone for these guys. Yeah. Uh keeping these guys accountable, which we know was not the case the last couple of seasons under Tony's tutelage. Because uh, you know it was made very, it was yeah. If there was any tutelage, Tony's tutelage. Uh, it was made very, very clear that uh, you know we're not going to force them to run out the close play because we don't want them to get hurt. They were so snake bitten with the injuries, especially the leg injuries, uh, and a bunch of those leg injuries came on you know legging out infield grounders, the first base. So. You know, there's a part of me that says, okay, I get it. But, you know, there's another part of me that says these are, you know, multi-million dollar professionals players. And uh, you have got to get these guys moving. You got to teach them how to win. And if you're going to give them the opportunity to take this time off and take these plays off and still make the same amount of money and, and give guys, you know, two days off a week and traipse Leary Garcia out there in eight different positions, you know, six games a week, something 
is wrong. And you putting him in the three that. spot and the one spot, you know. Right. You can't do that. So, Eesh. I mean, you know, yes, I do blame the players for not stepping up. You can, you know, you can take everything I just said about all, you know, the the coaching staff telling these guys to do or not do certain things. But at the same time, you know, we're also talking about guys who are all still per- fairly young and are coming up on their big contract, you know, their opportunity to make those the, the big dollars and, and walk away with that bag. And you're not going to walk away with that bag when you're not producing. So regardless of what your coaching staff is telling you, you got to go out there and do something. So man up, forget about the, you know, if you feel like it's a bad environment or not, you've got to do, if you're not doing it for the team, do it for yourself. Yeah. You would think can be contagious, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the me first thing can certainly become contagious and it looks like it probably has (laughs) just saying. Um, so the, the other thing that I was thinking about, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's fun. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna put that up, but that is funny. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, we're coming down to the, uh, the end here. I didn't want to go for, you know. I mean, really, can you, you know, you spend too much time on these bums and you're going to go crazy. So um, I just wanted to uh, talk about some of the uh, minor league stuff that's been going on lately. And, um, you know, some of the uh, the promotions that have been happening. Uh, one really good thing is that Colson Montgomery finally made his way to an affiliate. Hooray! Uh, he's playing for the uh, for the Dash right now. Um, he only, I think he only took like one at bat or two at bats today cause they had a, uh, continuation of yesterday's game and then he sat for game two. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't know exactly what his, uh, what his batting average is or his OPS or anything. I haven't even looked, but, um, the at bats look professional and he got intentionally walked twice. Uh, I believe in his second game back from rehab like they wouldn't pitch to him so uh and, and, you know like and admittedly wilson vera or uh wilfred veras had a uh an absolutely terrible day that day and went 0 for 6 with three strikeouts um but regardless you know you know you know a guy's getting respect around the league and that he's good when he's getting intentionally walked and he literally just made his way onto the baseball field for exactly. the first time this year. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know that he's he's the real deal when something like that happens. Um, you know, he's he's uh, everything's been a single except for uh, he did hit a he hit a, a double into the corner yesterday, um, but uh, everything's been very hard contact. So, uh, and he's not swinging at garbage. So it looks yeah. like you know very advanced plate approach still. Um, and you know, these guys in advanced, they just have no chance against him. Right. So, you know, my, my big thing with him is just seeing him back. I mean, it was a, it was a really long extended layoff for him. Uh, you know, and it was one of those injuries where when you first heard about it, you went, Oh, okay. He'll be gone for a little while. And then it was just like, you know, weeks went by and then, you know, a month went by and then two months went, yeah, two months went by and you're going, and you're not really hearing 
much. You know, they're not really putting anything out there about what's going on and when his expected return date is or anything. And when you do get, you know, somebody asks the question, you, you get the same old rhetoric. Well, you know, he's, he's still working on some things. He's not 100%. We're taking our time. You know, I, I don't know how many times I read an article where the, you know, the the rhetoric of, you know, we're taking our time with him. We don't want to rush him. We're taking our time. Well, can we get some kind of update? And there really wasn't one. So just to see him back on a baseball field is is fantastic stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, so with the White Sox parent club, you'll have a guy play injured for two months straight before they put him on the IL. <laughs> In the minor leagues, you can't get an update on whether a guy's, you know, like anything about what a guy's doing. Is he progressing at all? Exactly. You don't know. Exactly. No idea. You have absolutely no idea what's going on with him. And they never hurry him back in the minor leagues. Ever. Like, what? what is the deal? <laughs> what is the deal with the different philosophies here? Because 20% of Tim Anderson is horse crap. <laughs> right. I would much rather see anybody from any one of the orgs Play. You'd rather see one hundred percent of of Leary Garcia than twenty percent of. No, I would not. You can <laughs> you can keep him where you know, like wherever he's hiding out right now. You can keep him there. But you know what I'm saying. You know, like uh, you know, Jose Rodriguez couldn't get, couldn't make a start. You know, right? Exactly. You brought him up to be a pinch runner. That was ridiculous. And that was when Ta was injured, and they weren't playing him. Right. You know, I mean, what what do we need to see from Elvis Andrews? Like, what what are we? Nothing that we haven't already seen at this point. And and you know, so, so here's the fear, right? Is that you bring in Jose Rodriguez, and you give him ten at bats, and he only gets two hits in those ten at bats, and they're both singles. Then he's Elvis Andrews. Right, with right. better defense and more speed. So right. why do we insist on playing Elvis Andrus? I understand that you had to bring him up because Lenin Sosa was injured and he's on the 40-man. I don't care. You know, there's literally... He could have played every day. There's zero reason to play Elvis Andrus at this point. If you're you're delusional enough to think that because you're six games back of the division leader in a horse crap division... And despite all of the evidence that has piled up for a solid year and a half that this team is crap and is never going to do anything or go on any kind of run whatsoever, that you can't play Jose Rodriguez over Elvis Andrus? Like, come on, man. You know? Yeah. Like, give because me a Elvis Andrus was going to be the difference maker to get you over that hump. And That's exactly. The top of the... Of the the AL Central standings. Yeah, yeah. Elvis. An- the well, see the thing, Elvis Andrus. He's going to go on a heater, and he's going to be the the backbone of what's going to establish this winning culture. The yeah, veteran right. leadership of Elvis Andrus is what's going to put this team over the top <laughs> and get them to five hundred again, so they can be anywhere close to the division lead. I mean, like. 
Like, what are we? What are we even doing here, guys? Come on, man. Seriously, it's just. Yeah, you know, you can call me (sighs) and Ian armchair GMs, but I mean, kind of hard to argue with that. You know, you're making too much sense, Ian. Stop it. I mean, you know, the the White Sox brass is playing chess. The rest of us are all playing checkers. They're playing chess and we're playing tackle checkers. Um, yeah, so uh, Terrell Tatum has been, uh, he's got like a thousand OPS in Birmingham so far. Uh, granted, you know, only like a, like a week and a half or whatever, but still. Two home runs in a week and a half. Uh, he's got like a 450 on base percentage or something like that. Um, that's good. Uh, Tim Elko, he had uh, RBI tonight. Sitting like 275 in uh, advanced day. And you'll love to see that. Jacob Burke uh, keeps on. Uh, I haven't, Oh, I should check and see. Let me look at the game tonight. Three for four in game two of their doubleheader. So he is now at 43 games That's kind on of base. All right. Yeah, so he's got uh, seven to tie Colson Montgomery. And, you know, like, you know, Colson Montgomery was a number one pick for the White Sox, so everybody made a huge deal out of it. Dude's at 43 games, seven away from Colson Montgomery with a 1,062 OPS and hitting 424 in advanced day. Yeah. Nary a peep other than from the dash and, you know, like a, a few select people on the yeah. uh, socials. But like, yeah. Now, do you think that's because, you know, he's a little bit older and people expected him to be maybe a little bit uh, further along if he hadn't gotten injured? Obviously, the injury is what set him back. Let's not make any mistake about that. Uh, it's the reason that he's, you know, a year or two ahead uh, age-wise than uh, the level that he's at. But, uh, I mean, come on. The guy is, regardless. I mean, he's only 22. Regardless, he's on a he's on a tear. Yeah. I mean, he's. I, I want to say that he's uh, at average age or even a year younger than average age for advanced day. I think. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. So um, maybe it's just that you know he's been around for a little bit and people expect it. I well, know. I mean, you know, he, he did Extra the college thing, so you know. But uh, I mean, yeah, he's been Oscar Colas just like almost corkscrewed himself into the ground, Javi Baez style. There, holy crap! Yeah, trying to take things into his yeah. own hands. Here. Tame, tame that swing down, down, dude. One at the bottom of the seventh. Trying to hit a four-run home run. With nobody on base. A five-run home run. Oh, and now he's shaking his hand. Yeah, because that was a Although terrible was swing. His, at least it was his top hand. I was just thinking, uh, please don't. I, mean, I see guys shake their hands immediately. Yeah. Yep. You know, my trout down now, out six to eight weeks with a ham eight minimum. Wow. Well, he hacked it. <sighs> that was a good pitch. The first but pitch still. that he hacked at was, uh, wasn't bad. I mean, you know, it had a, it had a part of the plate. The next two swings, not so much. Neither one of those pitches. Well, I mean, to be fair, that thing did run in and down on him. So, like, I get it, but. um, Yeah, it really didn't look like it was in the zone. Yeah. Like, he's just, he's 
that was one of those bats where he was he was pushing a little bit. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, it looked like he was trying to like he was trying to hit it to uh you know, hit it to Gary Indiana or something. Is that right. is that in the right direction? <laughs> trying to think here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it would be more like Grand Rapids, Michigan, I guess is where he was trying to hit it to. But uh regardless, um yeah, so I mean, you know, there's been some, uh, you know, some some positive stuff going on in the in the minors, and um, you know, there's been movement. Finally, I mean, it took them a while to uh, to finally move Elko and Burke and uh, and Tatum up. Uh, they probably deserved it earlier than they got it, um, but you know, like I, I kind of, you know, Burke started off injured, and then uh, and then Elko, uh, you know, I. I don't know if, you know, they were looking at his K percentage or what, um, that maybe they wanted to get him a little extra time to see if that K percentage was going to perhaps change things. And turns out it didn't. He was still hitting home runs. He did go on a, he did have like a, a, like a cold streak for a couple of weeks. I think he, he didn't hit a home run for like two and a half weeks or something like that. Um, sounds about right. But, uh, you know, I mean, he was still hitting singles and he wasn't uh, getting, you know, it's not like he was having, you know, mountains of offers, you know, he was still looking all right. So um, that that was a get sent down AB right there. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, no, I think uh, I think Oscar is going to be around for a while this time. I think that I think they have to um, because, you know, you saw him, you know, you saw him over the last uh couple of weeks in charlotte what like what's he going to do down there that's going to change anything for him yeah right he's i can't really, really see anything. he's not developing any further he needs to uh he needs to face that mlb pitching and if he struggles with a little bit right now fine it's it's completely fine it's uh, understandable he's not gonna yeah he's not he's not gonna make any more progress facing you know quad a and triple a guys down there he needs to face that mlb pitching and uh get used to the game speed yeah i think he, that he uh his his oh uh you know like actually uh triple a jeff uh asked um the guys uh cam Seitzer um down in charlotte about what they did with oscar colas and what you know kind of gave them the the go-ahead to finally send him back and he asked about the o-swing percentage um, and the, the, you know, uh, he didn't get a number from him, but I did look it up and, you know, from what it looks like is that his O swing percentage, you know, was better by like 10% or something, you know, in, in Charlotte. Now, you know, I, I did answer, uh, you know, a question from somebody that asked me, you know, like, uh, do you, th- you know, like, do you think Oscar's going to be better? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, ultimately, who knows? I mean, he's been doing that in AAA. Now, is it that the pitchers in major leagues have that much better of stuff than the guys in AAA that is influencing him to not swing at such bad pitches? I don't know. Or is it, you know, that he's just, you know, figured out what he's looking for and now he's not swinging at it, which, you know, after seeing some of his at-bats since he's come up, Still looks like Oscar Colas. Still looks like he's got some wild swing and swing and miss tendencies, you know. And that's going to yeah, be something that he's a... he's going to have to work through it. 
at yeah, a major league it, level. This is not like this isn't normal for him. I mean, like you said, uh, up until recently where we saw that 10% uh, you know, kick in the right direction. It's kind of been his calling card. He's got some chase in his approach. It, you know, it it's just like when Luis Robert was down at the lower levels. Uh, Luis Robert his first two seasons up at the major league level and <laughs> including the first this half year. Of this <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he's got uh he's got some chase in his game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm okay with a little bit of chase. You know, there's nothing wrong with being aggressive, especially in a team who is offensively anemic. But part of the reason that they're anemic is because the entire team has got a, a ton of chase. And, you know, you guys, the rest of you guys aren't hitting 25 dangers before the break. You know, he gets a little bit of a pass, and I'm not giving him too much of a pass because he can swing at some really awful pitches. Yes, he can. Awful. Absolutely awful pitches. And that's, a, you know, that's a, a an organizational uh shift that needs to be made across the entire board. Somebody's got to, you know, get these guys dialed in a little bit better. But again, you know, he's, he's got 50 RBIs and 25 dingers at the break, uh, puts them up in Jose Abreu and, and Jim Tomey, you know, category, Paul Canerico category type numbers. So not going to be too mad at the guy still managing to drive in 50 runs before the all-star break on this team. Right. On this right. team, that means, <laughs> that means he's actually hitting with guys on base. Where you know, as the rest of the team, we've talked about this over and over again, uh, leaves a lot of runners on. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, I think we call it here for the week. Um, yeah. Hey, Grim. Well, you have a good night. We'll talk at you later too, bud. Oh, is he out? All right, man. Seems that way. Yeah. You have a good night. I'm gonna go be a gamer. All right, do that. Yeah, go do that. Um, I'm going to sit here and uh, watch the White Sox uh, be mediocre at almost everything and hopefully good at one thing, scoring runs, uh, hopefully. <laughs> um, but I will be clipping up some minor league highlights as well. Um, I'll be on the lookout for those. Yeah. Um, next week, uh, we'll get back to a more of a normal schedule just uh, between uh, 4th of July this week and uh, just – our schedules, the way things have worked out, it ended up uh, pushing us back to uh, Thursday night. Um, for those of you that came and hung out in uh, in the in the Twitch room, I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thank you for supporting you. us. Um, yeah, and uh, so at Daily White Sox on Twitter, uh, White Sox Daily. You can search us on YouTube and on Facebook. Um, WhiteSoxDaily.substack.com. There are written articles there, um, and all these podcasts. Thanks, Pusher. Have a great night. Um, you know, you can find all of our uh, podcasts, and uh, you can find all these streams on YouTube um, and wherever uh, you know the, in podcast form. Anywhere you get your podcasts. My name is Ian Eskridge. For my co-host, the Danny Miller. You guys have a great night, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks.